Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. 2016, year of transition, year of pain. There's some pain in 2016, how about you? But good pain. I feel like a lot of really, really good, exciting things happen in our church, in our lives. A lot of great repositioning in this church happened. Um, And a lot of people got saved in 2016. That's good. We went out on the streets. We prayed for hundreds of people out on the streets. We did kind of a couple different styles of evangelism, some radical just like one person in the next going to inner healing, hitting the streets. And then, then we, or not inner healing, but just, just sowing the kingdom, the seed of the gospel into people's lives. And then the next time we brought a guy by the name of Paul Rapley in and we were doing, learning how to activate the gift of miracles and we were getting out in the streets doing that. Tons of healing. I watched so many legs grow out this year. It's crazy. Backs being healed, legs growing out, crazy stuff going on. It was so fantastic. But God wants to keep activating those things, doesn't he? We saw lots of people getting saved in our services. Many of you might have been the ones that got saved this year, gave your heart to the Lord. So fantastic. We talked about, um, we actually launched some really good inner healing tracks this year, some equipping and development tracks. Those are all important things that we're doing. Part of the year was about us learning how to work together, all in, all together. How do we accomplish the great things that God has really put in, in our heart to do, the assignment God gave our church. One of the things you might have noticed this last year, too, is it really felt like part of that staking in the ground that Chuck Pierce prophesied about was in leadership. And God's really called us to empower women in equal place of leadership. We feel that we've been studying, and it's really a continuation of the last 10 years from Rick Benjamin. really felt like he got the revelation that this needed to shift and that God was leading us into a new season, a new chapter in our church. And this year was really a year where we've had some dynamic uh, lady leaders come around our church and be able to be empowered. And we really put our stake in the ground and said, look, we're going to do this. And we've had a lot of teaching happen. It's been good, hasn't it? Some ladies that can preach, <laughs> really, really good. I've grown from their ministry, and God wants to really unlock the body of Christ. And that's one of the things we've really felt called to do, and we spent a lot of time really studying the word, and it's what we really believe God is saying in the Bible that we're, we're supposed to do. And so one of the things we're gonna be doing this next year, and I'm sort of just jumping ahead as I touch this point, is we're gonna be teaching a lot about empowerment all year. Okay, so empowered by what? One of the things we're talking about is the empowerment of women. Why do we see this? We have all kinds of teachings. Uh, Mark Drake wrote a whole book about it. We have other books and resources, and we're going to be doing Wednesday night teachings as well as some Sundays and really digging into this topic so you feel really equipped and rooted in and firm on what you believe the Bible's saying about how, what kind of leaders is God raising up, right? I'm just going to sow one little thought for you in this space. Over 60 of the body of Christ is women. God wants to empower his body, doesn't he? God doesn't want to disempower half or over half of the body of Christ. Right? So this this is part of it. It's a revelation of where God is taking us to. Right? So we're all learning. We're just going season on season. We just keep learning more and trying to be in alignment with where God has taken us. So the message focuses last year, really things we felt God leading us into is is the empowerment, or, I mean like the, the, the bringing together of the body. We taught this series called Belong, that, that you're called to belong and be rooted in, right, to the body. And then planted, 
and growing up. And your most effective season is going to be when you're planted and rooted in and growing up. And then we did a huge series on love and cultivating the love of God. What kind of atmosphere do we want to have in our church and be a part of? That, that was a big part of the staking in the ground. And you might have noticed there's quite a bit of native leaders around this church. There's some dynamic native leaders in this church, and Robert and Eleanor Roll, and Eileen Sylvester, and a lot of these leaders that have been building across the state and influencing the whole state. God has brought a partnership with us just trying to help resource the ministry, the dynamic ministry they're already doing, and that's in our heart to do, and we're trying to put that stake in the ground. You heard Eleanor preach a ripping, amazing message, right? She is ministering to the body. She's an incredible prophet, and Robert has been prophesying to the body. We, we're wanting to see the state of Alaska come alive, but there is incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit around all the villages across the whole state right now. Whole villages are getting saved. People are being raised from the dead. That's no joke. Healings, miracles, salvations, it is going on there, and we want to help empower that. But Chuck Pierce prophesied that there would be out this, the glory of God would first hit all the outlying areas of Alaska and the villages and then pour out through the cities and then to the state, uh, beyond the state, to the nation and then the world. This, what we're doing and what we're a part of in this state is prophetic and dynamic and important. And you know what? Why does God choose the humblest of all states? Because that's how he likes to roll. That's how he's been doing it from the beginning. Just picks the humble things of this world to confound the wise and say, watch this. Watch me take this least populated state up in the frozen tundra where you think it can't be warm, and I'm going to warm it up with the glory of God. And we're going to pour it out, right? So it's happening. But native leadership is an important part of God's vision and part of his heart, and we just want to resource it. Amen? We want to be a part of that. So that's been a really great thing that really just took off in 2016. So many incredible conferences that, uh, that Kingdom Alliance Network has been putting on and doing. We've been a part of it. It's been such a blessing. Okay, uh, we also talked about the peace of God and encountering God's peace. And I feel like this is really a prophetic word for the way we're supposed to move. Is even though we're going to build this year, we're going to empower you, we're going to all build this year, but we're, we're called to go in his peace. We're called to be carriers of his peace as we build. So we also, last year, we, put a, we did a big thing. But we finished all of our plans for the worship center and for our building. That's no small deal. Listen, I've been working on that for, it'll be five years in March, okay? It's a lot of work, especially when we're taking buildings that have been built over phases over decades, right? Talking 40 years of construction, and, you know, we're at 57 years, but it's like 30, 35 years, maybe 40 years of construction, and remodels after remodels, repurposing, that when that comes apart, trying to put it all back together and make it all make sense, that's not easy to do. Trust me. I know. We thought we were really close last year. We actually thought we were going to build last year, and I'm glad we didn't because the extra time of planning, and there's all kinds of discovery that engineers found and architects found that if we would have tried to build last year, we would have missed a few things, and we've kind of been bummed that we would have the, the economy sort of made a shift this last year, and we had banks that were saying, we're ready to go, but then all of a sudden they pulled out, and we're like, ah, so we got stuck. And then that extra time, where we're like, well, we can plan. And the church, we sowed enough money where we could afford to pay for all the planning and finish all the planning. And um, you know what? Abraham Lincoln said it like this. If I'm going to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend three hours sharpening my axe. 
And I don't know if I'm as smart as Abraham Lincoln because I would have liked to just start chopping that thing a while ago. And apparently, four and a half years is as much time as it takes to sharpen your ax to get ready to build this thing. And so we've been real close, and it looks like we're going to launch. We're, we're scheduled to launch. The permits are in, in the city. All the permits are in the city. All the plans are in the city. Pulling the permits. We're building in March. It's going to happen. We were able to flip our loan that we had. It wasn't very big, but we were able to flip it and open up a million dollars to start, but our payments are the same. That's pretty good. Better interest rates, better terms. Uh, interest rates are great right now, so it's a great time for us to do all that, and we leveraged some finances, and then we sowed, we sowed this year in 2016. So the year before, we sowed about 120, 130,000, and then this last year, we sowed about 53,000. So we're, we're getting close to the $200,000 mark. We're getting up there, and we're about $300,000 away from having everything we need to complete phase one, which if we launch in March, It'll be sometime in the fall that we'll be able to finish by the end of the summer, phase one. So we need to close the gap on about $300,000. Easy cake, right? Can do that? Stink. I know some of y'all could do that by yourself. Just bam, thing is done. We're on to phase two. Let's go. If the Lord leads you, the Lord leads you. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And uh, <coughs> it's just going to be, it's just going to be fantastic. Um, we, some of you might ask, like, my goodness, we're in this building project. How, why are we adding new staff members? You're asking the question. I know you're asking it because I've heard about this question. Come back to me. <coughs> here's, the, here's the long and the short of it. We're building a church, not a building. Right? We're raising money on top of our normal operational funds to, to build our building. But we're building a church. We need people saved, equipped to send. That's our mission. And so we're going to keep taking the most gifted and talented people we can find to put together a team that can accomplish this vision. It takes very specialized leaders. And when we have leaders like Mike Rue come around that are like, hey, I'm feeling called to your church, you don't pass on leaders like that. Okay? So this is like Leadership 101. Great organizations hire great people. Mike Rue and Rachel Rue are freaks for Jesus. And we're so blessed that they're a part of our team. And I'm so excited they're here and building with us. And, and God brought them at just the right time. Because there was a massive structural shift in the way that we're moving with, execu with our executive leadership um, to, to, to really be able to reach the fullness of the vision that we're going. So I can't explain all that to you right now because you'll get half of you are going to fall asleep. So um, it's very good, though. In fact, we're moving into a structure that other churches have used that have gone to over 40,000. We're able to do that right now. So I'm a very forward thinking. We're building for the future. We're positioning ourselves for souls, for salvation, for equipping, for ministry. And we've got some amazingly dynamic leaders. When you get to know Gretchen Humphrey, I know she's a little behind the scenes right now, but this is one dynamic woman minister. She can preach, 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 preach. She's got a specialty for leadership development and organizational health. You guys are going to be so blessed when you get into her leadership development things as, as you move into leadership. So that's what we want to do. Anyway, those leaders come in. Uh, Lee Sloan, if you've met Pastor Lee Sloan, she is one of the most gifted activators you ever be around. You're like, activate. So she knows how to build stuff and get stuff going. She is a doer. And uh, you'd be so blessed to be in her ministry. But she's, she's come on to online and is part of our executive ministries. And um, we have some new staff like uh, Esther, uh, uh, I know her last name. 
I keep wanting to call her Esther Humphreys. <laughs> it's so funny, but Esther Heaps, she's back there. There she is. So they have both H names, but she's been doing uh, lead administration, and of course, she's having a baby, so she's in transition again. And uh, anyway, these girls, they have babies. They get in transition. They, it's life. It's life. We love babies. She's building the church. Grow that church, girl. Have a couple more. Build that youth ministry up. <laughs> anyway, huge blessing. These, these girls are fantastic. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord's going to you know, bring next. We have a new children's pastor that's going to be coming. So, because we need one, right? We're not going to be without a children's pastor. So these prophetic words have really been about empowerment, about resourcing, increase, and expecting the Holy Spirit for more and moving. And we're hearing that. And we're putting this stake in the ground. We're going to see the Holy Spirit move. We're going to see him move in power. We're going to see him move in our lives. Not just somewhere else. We're like, oh, that revival over wherever it was. No, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen with you. It's going to happen with us. And we're going to see a radical increase of souls come into the kingdom. And you're going to be more busy making disciples than you can ever imagine. This is coming. And we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I discipled 100 people for Jesus. You can do it. You're going to be able to do it. And it's less complicated and less difficult than you'd imagine, especially when the Holy Spirit is pouring out in great measure. See, we have an assignment. I was called to this church because this church has an assignment, not because Josh Tanner has some amazing vision. I have a vision to redig the well of the assignment God gave this house. And this house is an apostolic house. This house was designed to raise up leaders, to lead them to Christ and raise up leaders and plant churches. It grew by thousands. And thousands of people got saved through this church and were trained up and sent out. That's amazing. We planted just churches after churches after churches all over the world. God wants to redig that well. He wants to redig that well. And he wants to use you. When Chuck Pierce prophesied that he wants this church to be, to, to like rediscover its apostolic roots and reestablish itself as an apostolic resource center. This was no small thing. This is, I think, and all my notes for the last 15 years has been resource center. If you've been through any of my teaching or stuff, I just keep, I think God's called me to build a resource center. And I was called into an apostolic house and we build on a foundation of an apostolic leader. It's phenomenal. What an opportunity. And you are part of that calling. You're here. And Chuck Pierce prophesied, he said, I'm going to pour out my glory, and I'm going to pour out my glory into these apostolic resource centers. And Abbot Loop's called to be one. And Abbot Loop is called to be a specific one that he said is a prototype for others that he's going to duplicate around the world. Okay, you're getting really important right now. Can you see this? Because he's not just using other people right now. And there's empty seats in here. He's not using those people because they're Empty, they're not there. He's using you. Why don't you point at yourself for a second and say, he's using me to build this apostolic resource center. Come on, he's gonna use you. And yeah, you might be a small part, just like me. We're all little small parts. But together, when we work together, we do something unbelievable, something amazing, something we could never imagine. And that's what the, the, the people before us have felt like, how do we send out thousands? I don't know, it just happened. And this was like a podunk little space. We were out in the boonies back then. And Alaska was like way more remote than it is now. We feel like a real city now, don't we? And we're kind of in the middle of it. But the city grew around us, and God wants to reinvigorate this vision. 
He wants to dig this thing back up. And he wants to use you. No matter where you're at. You might be in transitions. You might be visiting. You might be like just traveling around going, I don't know where I'm going to root in. Hey, if you want to train leaders and equip people and lead people to Christ and see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and plant churches, you're in the right place. If you just want to do a part of that, be a part of that. There's no way any one of us could do all that by ourselves. But together, it's already been done, and it can be done at even greater measure because we're building on the foundation of our forefathers. And this is the passage I want you to get and why I believe this is true. It's 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 10. Because of God's grace, is the Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthians, because of the grace, God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation must use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Wow, I want my work to have value. How about you? I want to build as the Lord instructs. I actually want to be like the Apostle Paul. I want to be a wise, some versions call him, it says he's a wise master builder. Hmm. I want to be a wise master builder. I want to be an expert builder. I believe we're building on the foundation of expert builders. I believe Pastor Dick Benjamin was an expert builder. I believe Rick Benjamin was an expert builder. And I believe we, together, can do that too. We can do it. It's about seeking him. Finding out, God, what do you want us to do? And the, the, here's the key. Here's why I know that they were wise master builders. It says that I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. There's the key. You know you're building after a wise master builder if they're still in the room and you're building on their vision. I don't know very many churches that have their founding apostolic leader, the leader he trained and developed, and then now the leader that that guy trained and developed, all building together in the same space. How many founding leaders, how many places are building upon those? This is a great opportunity I can't even imagine what type of leader I'd be without these, these, these people before me, men and women before me. And so we can carry on this legacy. We're going to carry it on. We're digging this well. We're redigging it. Fresh waters are going to start springing up, and God is going to pour, start pouring out his spirit in and through your life. Psalms 1 and 20, 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain, or its builders labor in vain. Who wants to be a, a, a vain builder? Not me. <laughs> I used to build decks for a living, custom decks. And even in the winter and stuff. Boo, by the way. <clears throat> building something's fun. It's cool. But as I start building, and I was no expert builder, uh, I can build some stuff pretty cool. I built some cool stuff. But I remember I was building this one deck, and I get almost done. And I'm proud of this thing. And then the boss comes by and he looks at my deck and he goes, ooh, Tanner, there's some problems in your handrail, son. I'm like, what? It looks great. He goes, oh, no, this piece is supposed to be here and that was supposed to be on this side. And I'm like, ah. And he goes, you're going to have to take it apart and do it again. 
And then I started to understand this passage. Those who labor, <laughs> labor in vain. Laboring in vain means you have to go back and rebuild it. Take things apart and redo them. No fun, says I. Right? Who likes to redo stuff? No. We want to be wise master builders. And unless the key in the kingdom is unless the Lord builds the house. So we, start, and we have to get dependent on the Father. We have to get dependent on him. God, what are you wanting us to build? What are you building? Not our vision for us. Not our kingdom for me. Not the thing that props up our egos and makes us feel like we're a part of the coolest thing. No, are we a part of an effective thing? Are we a part of a fruitful thing? Are we a part of the house God's calling us to build this season? That's what we have to find vision. We have to find our vision. We have to find our focus, our value in that space. Here's what Jesus says to his disciples, and this kind of helps hone us in. This little Bible lesson here to help us hone in on how are we going to be a part of this, this vision or this space or building the Lord's house and allowing him to do it. Jesus is crucified. He gets raised from the dead. Now he's visiting with all his peeps, right? He's hanging out with his disciples. If you don't know what a peep is, it's like a small little marshmallow thing you can eat around Easter time, or it's your friend. Okay, so this just like gets you up to speed on, you know, new... <laughs> New language going on. All right, so Jesus is hanging with his peeps, not his marshmallow friends, but his real friends, okay? And, <laughs> and he's, he's hanging out with these guys, and he like, comes back, and he's in his resurrected body. That would be cool to see. And he says this to them. Once when they were eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift of the whole, the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water in a few days. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Verse seven, the father alone has the authority. They're asking him all this stuff about dates and what is going on. He says, you don't need to know about that stuff. But verse eight, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then he like gets taken up to heaven and all his peeps are going, what the heck? Jesus just floated away. And they're standing there going like, what did he just say to us? We're supposed to wait for this power and now he like disappears. What is going on? And then this angel comes down and is like, goes, hey guys, what are you doing? Like Jesus is gonna come back the same way he just left. Get out there and go do something. Come on, he said, go. Go wait for my Holy Spirit and go do the, go build the thing I'm calling you to build. And he gives them a little kick. He goes, let's go. Quit looking up into heaven. Let's go do something. <clears throat> Acts chapter two, verse one, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers are meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting and what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Spirit and began to speak in languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. And all these peeps, all these jokers, all these guys that were making all kinds of mistakes and being knuckleheads and Jesus was like, come on, you have little faith. Quit chopping guys' ears off and running away and rebuking me and all this stuff. Now they get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they become, they, they start moving in power. And Jesus had prophesied to Peter at one point and he said, on this rock, I'm gonna build my church. Then Peter goes and denies him. Peter's thinking, how is this ever gonna happen? And then he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. 
He gets filled with the Spirit of God, the living Spirit of God. The power of God begins to move in and in through his life. And 3,000 people get saved when he preaches the gospel that day. Oh, man. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. We need the access. We need the connection. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But you're empowered for a purpose. You're not empowered so you can walk home and go, that was a great service. Oh, man, I felt the tanglies of Jesus all over me. That was so sweet. No, you're empowered for the purpose so you can go. Lead someone to the Lord. I mean, go do a miracle. Walk into a hospital and raise somebody from the dead and see their legs grow out. Legs growing out is cool, I guess. I never even thought about praying for somebody for their leg to grow out. This other guy, he's just like, legs are growing out everywhere. I didn't know all he had such short legs. I'd been praying for you more like more time. <coughs> Man, there's miracles that want to be happening. God wants to unlock them. He wants to build his church through his miracles, through the empowerment of his spirit. He wants to do the impossible through just average you and me's. But we want to build his house. The dependency on the Lord to be empowered by his spirit to go with purpose to build his kingdom. That's how we do it. We don't do it on our own. We don't do it in our own vision, but his vision is to empower you and to cause something amazing to happen. This very famous passage in the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11, says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. God's called your church, our church, called you to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope for your future. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There is a call in this empowerment for purpose to intimacy. God's calling you into an intimate and authentic relationship with him. And in that place, that place with the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside you, you're gonna see the empowerment of the gifts. You're gonna see the identity he called you into. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's a good plan. Not a bad plan. It's a prosperous plan, not a weak plan. You're a powerful church. You're a powerful people. Don't eat this communion now, because I just spit all in it if you saw that. I'm just serious. There's a, there's a bacterial, like, uh, just was a speaking spray. Little freezing spray, if you're out in Homer. Yeah, don't eat that communion. That one's contaminated now. This one's still fine if you need some more. I, was, I just felt like <laughs> with integrity, I put a towel over that or something. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, Romans 5, 6. It's <laughs> a normal guy. I have saliva just like you. Okay. Romans 5, 6. This is how we know when. We know who empowers us. Then we need to know when, right? Romans 5, 6. You see at just the right time when. We were still powerless, powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Just the right time. This word right time is kairos. And that, that Greek word kairos, the right time, means the opportune time, the proper time, the appointed time. God has appointed times for certain things to happen, opportune times for things to happen, for miracles to be unlocked, for churches to thrive, for his glory to pour out. This is the kairos moment. This is that opportune time, just the right time. But we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. It can't be by our own strength. It can't be in our own strength. It has to be in His. His empowerment. You are empowered, fully powered. Ministry doesn't happen 
when we just try really hard. That's where getting really tired happens. That's where building your deck and having to go back and redo it again happens. I don't want to do that. I want to build it right. We need to we just be so dependent on the Holy Spirit, on his direction, to see his instruction on how to build and when to build. But I'm believing, especially because of the strong prophetic words over our church, the time is now. The time is now to build. The time is now for you to get engaged. Where is your place? Where's your spot? Where are you building? Where are you engaged? Like sometimes we have this longing for deeper intimacy and community with one another. And we're like, man, I wish someone would know me. Get engaged. Find a spot. Build. Take a role. When you, when you take a role and you begin to work alongside someone else that you know, that you begin to know them in a deeper way. And you see miracles that God pours out through your life and your collaboration together. And that creates a bond in you that is really inseparable. I think about the times that I've built with others throughout years of ministry. And it's, you, you can't let those things go. When we saw God do something together, it was amazing. It's anchored in my soul forever. Those that crossed the, the Jordan together, those that crossed the Red Sea together in the Bible, they, they don't forget those times. Remember when we crossed the Red Sea? Yeah, that was crazy. But if some guy stayed in Egypt or other people said, I'm not going across, they didn't have a spot. Get your spot. Get across. Let's do the miracles together. I want to just encourage you, just look around and think about the empty spaces next to you. And then imagine the empty spaces at the 9 a.m. service, because there's more. <laughs> and imagine yourself at the 9 a.m. service every single week. Lord is calling you to the 9 a.m. service. You don't need, you need to be in the 9 a.m. service, okay? It's not witchcraft, it's just Jedi mind trick. Okay. There's opportunity. And we're probably gonna have to start a third service. It's just gonna happen. As I wanna invite you, one role you can take is just a, a, a culture of invitation. People that are lost or don't have churches, uh, they're hurting, they're lonely, they need Jesus, invite them in every week. If we're all inviting someone every week, our church is going to grow into this robust, real family because you know them and you invited them. Not some gimmick, not some trick, but real relationship. But we have to all take that role, that, that responsibility on ourselves. Say, that's my responsibility to build God's church as a wise master builder, Holy Spirit dependent on you and expecting them to have a radical encounter. Listen, if you bring people that don't know Jesus in here, I promise you, I will preach the gospel to them. Every week, every week. Right? It happens, doesn't it? Bring them in here. You might not know how to lead someone to Christ on your own yet. We're a family. That's part of how we work together is helping people know him. And you know what? We pray over these services. We ask God to pour out his spirit. We've spent tons of time in worship and corporate. The power of God begins to move. The more you engage in that, the more powerful his spirit's gonna move. It can get so heavy and so thick with his presence that people will get saved as they walk in the door. You know why I know? Because I've seen it happen before and it's happened in this church before. But we have to take responsibility to press in. We're gonna press in, we're gonna pray. We're gonna seek the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be empowered. 
So you have to decide, I'm gonna be empowered this year. I'm going after intimacy. I'm going after his power. I'm going after his gifts. And I'm gonna start using them to build his kingdom. I wanna hear about a miracle next week. Somebody in here needs to get out there and go pray like crazy until something happens. And I wanna see this place filled up. You bring in friends. I know you got friends, bring them. Bring your friends. You don't have friends, make friends. Make friends that don't know Jesus and build God's family. They need to be empowered. They need him, don't they? Do you need him? Guess what, they need him too, right? You have a purpose. This church has a purpose and a destiny and it's a great one. I'm gonna pray a blessing over you as we go. Father, in Jesus' name, let your love fill your people's hearts. Empower them for a purpose. Let them hear your voice, let them walk in your love. Let them just be so full of your grace, so full of your spirit, God, that they walk in dynamic, world-changing power. Fill them up, bless them, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.